What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe button. Make sure you leave a comment as well. Make sure you tell your friends about me. You can also find me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me at the Twitterverse at, at Sports Business. That's S-P-O-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at sportsbusiness at gmail.com. Man, we got a lot to talk about, man, and uh, we'll get into my recap of NFL, the NFL action of the Week 8 action stuff, some of the good stuff I've seen, some of the bad stuff I've seen. Um, we'll also go into a quick wrap around the league, and then we'll also talk about the dummy of the day. But before we get started, um, today is Tuesday, if you're listening to this podcast, the first of the month, first of November. Usually these podcasts come out every Monday. Um, yesterday I was actually traveling, so if you don't follow me on Instagram, you're kind of missing out on some of the cool stuff I get to do. Um, so I spent the weekend, I flew out to New Orleans, got to hang out with my friends and my family. Shout out to my man, my, my big cousin Gio, um, for taking care of me and showing me so much hospitality while I was out there in New Orleans. Um, got, we got to go off the beaten path and not do everything that's so gimmicky. You know, so it wasn't too much time on Bourbon Street and stuff like that. But I did go check it out and whatnot, so it was dope. Um, shout out to my man Mark. I feel like I've been with more Saints games than Raiders games this year. And my man Mark definitely takes care of, Tarek takes care of me when it does come to that aspects of things as well. So shout out to my big cousin Gio uh, for just taking care of me while I was out there. And then Mark as well for uh, making sure I was squared away at the Saints game this past Sunday. Um, learned a lot, though. Uh, you know, got to go to check out uh, Lil Louisiana Fest. Um, which Lil Wayne gives back to the city of New Orleans uh, every year. And I guess this is the first one they've had since the whole pandemic broke out. So um, they had some acts where they had, I guess this, he brought out a whole bunch of bounce music, which I learned about that. Pretty dope. If you check it out, you know, you can learn more about some bounce music. So I was I was gigging into that. Uh, he brought out Cameron from New York, brought out Ricky Rose, um, brought out my man Drake, which kind of people knew about but didn't really know about. It was just one of those un- kind of one of those things I was on a low low but nobody really knew if it was true or not so my man Champagne Poppy came out tore the whole thing down Wayne Lil Wheezy you know my man's got a catalog he's probably considered the greatest rapper of all time so it was really really good, cool to see but um I was going through this podcast yesterday as I was flying back and I was thinking of how I was going to do the rundown and I was super duper amped up um to do this podcast and I got home yesterday and I was like, man, I'm just going to chill with my wife and my kids. Took took the kids out trick-or-treating and just spent time with them because I hadn't seen them in a while. Or I hadn't got to kick it with them in a, in a minute. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to chill with the kids tonight. Woke up to some news this morning that falls back with Lil Louisiana Fest is that I believe it was Offset and Takeoff of Migos. I know it was Takeoff for sure, but I want to say it was Offset. It wasn't Quavo. It was Offset and Takeoff. So two of the three members of Migos, which is probably they're up there as far as one of my favorite rappers slash groups. So, you know, anybody knows me, um, I'm with I'm with the you know what's as, as I like to say. So Migos is definitely the uh, the people that get me gets me on my you know what's gets me amped up. So I got to see them at Louisiana Fest. I did not know waking up this morning 
that that was the last ever public appearance by Takeoff, um, who was gunned down this morning, early this morning or late last night, um, in Houston outside of a bowling alley, alley over a dice game. And just, I just woke up this morning, um, just sad. Like, wait a minute, ain't no way. Like, I just saw my man's Saturday night. Like, what you mean? Um, what you mean he did? Like, ain't no way. Um, and, and, and it was just, I, I'm speechless. Like, I'm stunned. Today also makes marks the day that it was about ooh, 18 years ago that Mac Dre from the Bay Area, who kind of was one of the forefathers of hyphy music, he was gunned down outside of Kansas City, Missouri as well. So just a sad day for rap just to bring up the death of Mac Dre and then hear something like a solid dude like take off from Migos just getting gunned down over a dice game like. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's just unfortunate to see that type of stuff transpire. So um, I'm feeling a little somber because it's like, dang, you just don't know when your number called up. But to know somebody who passed away at the age of 28 over something as silly as a dice game, it's just not good. So um, my thoughts and prayers go out to, to, to the whole Migos family as well. Takeoff's personal family as well. Um, I think he was the uncle of either Quavo or Quavo or Offset, and then they were also cousins as well. So that's a tight knit group that you already got right there. So just to hear something like that is just really, really, really sad, and just makes you think about your loved ones. So you know, what I'm saying, pick up the phone, text people, make sure you tell them you love them. Um, I feel like today that's what I've been doing a lot. Like a lot of people I don't talk to every day, I just been able to hit them up and just be like, bro, I just want to tell you I love you because. Life is short, and I never want to be able to be that dude. I was like, man, I had that one more in the chamber, you know, that I could have just told somebody how I felt about him and, and let it all out. So, um, you know, with that being said, <laughs> New Orleans was great. Um, it was a great weekend. It was amazing. And we'll definitely talk about the Raiders-Saints game in a minute. But um, we're going to peruse through my Week 8 ballers. And my week eight losers, because it's not going to be that long. We got a lot of more important things to, to kind of talk about, really. And I'm going to tell you all right this right now. It's pretty it's pretty from what I've seen the last, especially the last two weeks from what I've seen. There ain't but probably four good teams in the NFL. There's really four good teams that you can kind of put your finger on and be like, yeah, they, they look legit. And that's the Kansas City Chiefs, the Buffalo Bills. The Dallas Cowboys and the Philadelphia Eagles. And I probably, in no particular order, but I probably got Kansas. Uh, I got Buffalo. I got Buffalo, KC, Philly, <clears throat> and then the Cowboys. Those are my top. I don't even have top five. Like, I just have those. Those are the four best teams. Now you're asking, e -E -E, well, what about the rest of the league? Like, what are your bottom five? Everybody else stinks. I'm going to keep it real with you right now. The rest of the league is just mediocre at best. You can't tell me that the Chicago Bears just sat there and went to New, to New England and pounced on the dog on Patriots, and then they get whooped on by the Dallas Cowboys by like almost 20. Well, Dallas Cowboys almost threw up 50 points. Um, you can't tell me that the New York football Jets are out here balling out of control, beating the Cleveland Browns and all this other stuff, and then they get smacked around by the New England Patriots who just lost by a gazillion points the week before against the sorry Bears. You can't tell me that the Denver Broncos have been looking like lemon booty the whole entire year against one of the most prolific offenses. Well, that's, I believe that's top 10 in scoring um, against the Jacksonville Jaguars. You can't tell me that the New Orleans Saints just gave up two pick sixes against a weird Arizona team and just shut out the Raiders. There is nothing really, really good out of this NFL season. If we're keeping it real, take your fandom cap off and let's keep it very, very transparent. There's a whole lot of mediocrity football going on. There's a strong possibility that in the NFC, you may have two divisions 
winners that may be sub 500. And I'm talking about the NFC South and the NFC West. I don't know who's good in those divisions. I want to say the San Francisco 49ers are good in the West, but they lay eggs like they laid last week against the Kansas City Chiefs, but then they turn around and they got the Rams number. I don't know what to think of them. The Atlanta Falcons, they're probably the most weirdest 4-4 and team I've ever seen one. All of a sudden, the Carolina Panthers can, can go up there for first place. The Saints are out here just, just playing Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Like, I don't know what I'm looking at. But I'm telling you right now, I know what for a fact when I'm looking at it. It's not very good football. Well, parody is very good in the NFL. No, it's not. It's not. Because parody just brings you mediocrity. It's just C-level C football is what you're looking at. You're telling me, well, what about the what about the Minnesota Vikings? The Vikings ain't played nobody this year. They beat the Lions, Cardinals, uh, I believe the Packers. Uh, can't really tell you who else they've beaten. But I know those five wins or six wins they got. They they against a whole bunch of nobodies. What about the Giants? The Giants have been the probably the most fraudulent six and one team that I ever seen one until this last week when they lost to the Seahawks. What about the Seahawks? The Seahawks they 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 they're they're inconsistent as well. So I'm just saying you only got four really good teams right now, and everyone else is just mediocre at best. And that's the end of my top five ballers in year rest of the league because that's all this NFL league has the rest of the season has been is just mediocre football. At best, you don't know who's good. You don't know who's bad. It is really one game is just one team plays really, really well. And the very next week, your team may just lay an egg. I'm mean, like, honestly, name me a team that outside of the Eagles right now and the Bills, name me a team that has who's gotten off like to a, a, a who's got like a more than a two game winning streak right now. I can't think of one. I'll wait. Maybe the Titans. I don't even think they've won two games in a row. So name me a team that has been able to come up with a winning streak outside of the pack, uh, the Bills, Eagles, and Cowboys that's been able to string along more than two games. I ain't got one. The Giants, they got three, but they just lost one. So name a team that's on a, a nice little win streak outside of the Eagles. They ain't one. So you got a whole bunch of teams that's out here just winning, losing, win two here, lose, lose, lose one here. That's just C level game. That's just you just averaging a C, a C 70%. So, I mean, that's cool and all, but I'm not really impressed with anything I've seen so far. So, some of y'all need to take your fandom caps off and just look at the football as a actual product and just say it's just not been good. You don't know who's good in this league. You can tell who's bad, and I'm going to get to a team that's very, very bad, and that's the Las Vegas Raiders. I went to the game this past Sunday, and had it not been for an amazing Friday and Saturday and Sunday morning all the way up until I got myself up into that Superdome, the weekend was great. When I left the Superdome, here's how here's how bad that loss was. I left the Superdome, and the Saints fans could just look at you. They weren't even talking mad crap at you. They would just look at you and be like, bruh, y'all just got your heads busted in. They weren't sitting there, like, they weren't sitting there talking mess. They just looked at you. And they literally just looked at you and said, good game. We feel, we, they almost felt bad for the Raiders on how bad that game was. There were, I didn't see not one. Usually when I go to games, you see a little bit of commotion. People out here trying to get hyphy with each other. I didn't see none of that go on in the entire time I was at the Saints game, especially after the game. It was just a funeral. It looked like a funeral had just taken place. And everyone that is a Raider fan walked on out that building and didn't even have the cojones to say anything because that's how bad they lost that game. It was purely embarrassing. I didn't realize that the Raiders had not gotten over the 50-yard line until three minutes left in the fourth quarter. I didn't realize that's how bad it was. <clears throat> I didn't. 
I also, I, there were some key moments that I do remember that game. It was, I believe, in the first or second. It was in the first half. They were on their side of the fifth in this, in their side of the 40. They were inside of their own 40-yard line. They're faking a punt to go for it. Not only did they not convert it, they also had a, 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 a penalty. And I believe once when the score was about 10 zip, I don't remember seeing Josh Jacobs. I can pull up the box score right now. I don't know if Hunter Renfro even registered a catch. Um, that's how bad the game was. Like, I don't remember any. That game was so just whatever. I can't tell you anything. Hunter Renfro had one catch for six yards. Devontae had, had one catch for three yards. Um, <clears throat> you're not going to be no. You're not going to be. You're not going to beat the Cal, Cal Berkeley, University of California, Berkeley, uh, Golden Bears with these type of stats. Derek Carr only had for, threw for 101 yards on 16 attempts. Josh Jacobs, 10, 10 carries for 43 yards, his season low. So that means that in, and as a team, the team only ran 13 times. You're not going to beat nobody playing that bad in football. You're not going to be nobody. So, um, this base, this loss basically just ended the Raiders seasons for any type of try to, make a triumphant comeback or try to make this into a, a salvageable season. This loss is just basically, that's a wrap for them boys. And it goes back to Josh McDaniels. You can't tell me that this team is that bad or that team is built up to be that good. And for you to poo poo this, this whole entire roster away, you literally just wasted a year. Devonte Adams, you wasted a year. Derek Carr, you wasted a year. Hunter Renfro, like you, Josh Jacobs is on a rookie year deal. <clears throat> He'll be a free agent after the end of the season. You're probably going to have to let him walk because there's not enough money to go around for everybody. It, it, and it's, it's, it just shows back to what was Mark Davis thinking? You literally let Josh McDaniels come, let him pick out his own GM, let him pick out his own coordinators, let him basically, you basically gave him the John Gruden treatment for an unproven guy, a guy who basically had no rights being a coach for the Denver Broncos, starts 6-0 and his first year and basically gets fired his very next season basically catfished the Indianapolis Colts, sat there and said, I'll take the job and just never showed up. He did a no-show, no-call, no-show. And then out of the clear blue, you pick him out of everybody else that you could have had as a coach? Mark Davis, man, like, it's, it's seriously time for you to start considering yourself. Like, what do you plan on doing with this team? Are you trying to win? Because if you are, you need to try to start getting some actual football people around you and show you what's best for, for, what's best for this team. Because I'm going to tell you right now, Going to these Raider games, especially in Las Vegas, they're not really fun. You see too many of the opposing teams' colors in these in this uh, Allegiant Stadium, and that's not a good look, especially for a team that's been known to have a raucous fan base. You're losing your fan base by the minute by doing stupid decisions like keeping Josh McDaniels around. He should have left, I believe, before the... I mean, had they not gotten that win over the bye against the Texans, he should have got fired then. <clears throat> Even if they won, they should have got fired. But now it's just a bad look. Like the season's pretty much a loss. What do you do now? Because I don't think there's nothing they can do to save this season. Um, the only thing that's kind of silly saving them is that the Raiders are in a sorrier AFC West division than we thought we were. But I ain't got no hope in them boys. Them boys is a lemon booty. The, the the fact that they've been they got shut out for the first time in eight years. Like a defense posting a shutout in football in 2022 is essentially having like a no hitter. In baseball, it's like having 50 or 60 points in the NBA. Like you just don't see that happening at all. So for the fact that they just had a legit shutout, it's embarrassing. So Raiders, y'all are lemon booty. It is what it is. Now, time to move, switch gears and talk about my NBA quick takes. And I get it. Here we are almost 
two or three about week about two weeks into the NBA season. And I was I was looking at some stuff today. And obviously, I'm going to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. But I just want to give you all a timeline of things that have taken place. Um, uh, let's see. We had Robert Sar. Well, actually, let me backtrack. We have M.A. Doka getting fired for whatever the underlying reason was. Whether it was consensual, whether it was not consensual. Fill in the blanks. My man got suspended for inappropriate relations at the job. Whatever that means, you can draw your own conclusions, but that's what he got. Then a couple of days later, Robert Sarver, the owner of the Phoenix Suns, plans to announce that he's selling the team due to sexism, racism. You check every box my man did. He done did it at the job. He ends up going on and forcing his hands to get the team, having to sell the team. A couple of weeks later, Draymond Green punches Jordan Poole like he's Mike Tyson and gives him the meanest uppercut that we've probably ever seen. And how that man didn't... My man's got a chin. How he didn't get unconscious off of that punch is still a mystery to me. Um, what else did we have? I'm trying to think. What else? Oh, here's another one. We had... We, we're not even talking about this. The first round draft pick of the San Antonio Spurs, which I believe was last year. It's a cat named Josh Primo. My man's got to be the luckiest dude right now in the, in the entire league right now. Because on... Friday or Saturday, a first-round draft pick for the San Antonio Spurs, they waived him. You want to know why? He was out here exposing himself to San Antonio Spurs female staff members. Gets fired. It gets, gets, they just let him on out the door. I think they they ate the contract and they just said, you got to go, bro. And now, today or over the weekend, my man, number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, Google who's who wears number 11 for the Brooklyn Nets because I refuse to say his name on this podcast. Actually, let me back up. The Los Angeles Lakers have been lemon booty, and for some reason, everybody in the media wants to talk about them. I told you I'm not talking about them because they're terrible, and there's really nothing else to talk about them. They've been covering up the, the NBA. Now we talk about my man number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets. If you don't know who it is, you should know who it is. I'm talking about. On this show, we don't say his name because my man thinks he's so much smarter than everyone. He thinks he knows everything. He thinks he's everyone else who's not on his level intellectually is beneath him and that we're just peons and we're just, you know, just peasants to, to this new black Israelite brother that uh, wants to shed light on all of us. So no, you, I don't I don't acknowledge him by his name because I, I feel I feel like I'm not worthy enough to speak his name. You know, he treats the media as if they're just peons because, you know, they just want to make quick takes and make him go viral because they're getting his message uh, twisted. Anyways, enough of the curfew. My man, number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets. Um, One thing I don't like is somebody who thinks they smarter than me to try to act like they smarter than me when they know damn well they're not smarter than me. I don't give a damn. You went to Duke, Harvard, Cambridge. Uh, 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 Brown, Yale. I don't care what school you went to. If I know you ain't smarter than me, I don't give a damn who you are. I ain't got no respect for you. And then the fact that you try to act like you smarter than me, the fact that you try to act like you got all the answers before me, I damn sure ain't giving you no type of, I'm not giving you no play. I'm showing you no respect. Now, my man right now, post this, and let me tell you something about how social media works. I got a friend of mine. My man, my man Slaughter, my man P. Slaughter. My man's been on his entrepreneurship since he's gotten out of the military. My man decided to go into a career coach slash resume writing type of business venture. All right, cool. 
I was going through a career change. I was like, let me give my man a shot. Let me see what he's talking about. Met with him. He gave me his whole spiel. It was a very, very good spiel. Now you're going to say gimmicky, but it was good enough where I was like, yeah, I want to use your services, man. Like, I feel like you can get me to the next level. I, I, I'm all for it. Um, went on ahead. It was very, very good. Shout out to my man, my man Slaughter out here doing his thing. The professional resume, the professional veteran. Follow him on uh, Instagram if you aren't already. The professional red veteran. He'll take care of you. This not applies to all veterans, but if you need some resume writing, interview tips, all that good jazz, my man does do a great job. So check him out. So after I got my job and it was very, very good, I decided to share his product because I was like, oh yeah, man, this is, this is dope, man. I got two other homeboys, man. Uh, my two boys, I just sat and gave him a shout out to last week, two dope veterans. Another podcast you might want to check out if you want to hear some good veteran stories about all different types of things. Check them boys out. They're good. They're very, very good. You know what I did? I hit the share button. What am I doing at this point? I'm showing people love, but I'm also promoting their business. So my man number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets decided to share this movie. Let me let me make sure I got this, this movie title down correctly. It's called Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America. This movie was established in 2018. This movie is three hours and 28 minutes long. That movie is damn near longer, if not longer than the Titanic, Avatar, all of the Godfathers. Uh, what's another long movie? Star Wars. Like these Batman. This movie's three and a half hours long. Now, I don't know about you. And then on top of that, you got to pay $11.99 on Prime to watch this video. I guarantee you. Ain't no way in the blue hell, number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets had watched that movie from track to track. Ain't no way he got the time to do so, bruh. Even if you flew on a private jet from LA back to Brooklyn, you ain't watching that movie from no track to track, bro. You got four hours, you got damn near four hours in your whole entire day to watch a movie from track to track. He ain't watched that movie, man. <laughs> so I'll be damned if I'm gonna let a person try to tell me what's going on about this movie, Hebrews Negroes. Apparently, this movie is very um, anti-Semitic. We um, talk about Jewish people and goes on and on and on. Apparently, they got quotes from Adolf Hitler. I don't want to go into details about this movie because it's not even something I'd want to acknowledge. He gets confronted by Nick Friedle at ESPN about why did he promote a movie? And my man said he wasn't promoting a movie. Boy, what kind of stupid is you, dog? If you sit there and hit the share button, you put the link of a movie and then you click on the link and it takes you to the movie for you to purchase for 12 bucks to rent. You're promoting it, son. You're promoting it, bro. You're telling people, hey, this is a good movie to check out. I, you know, this is something I'm signing off on. You're going to check it out. Here's the thing about social media, man. You tell one thing about a good experience, people are going to keep coming back to it. If it's a bad experience, which it looks like this movie was, it looks like Rolling Stones actually took the time out to, to, to watch the movie and go into detail about it. You check them out on Rolling Stones and they'll go more into more detail about what the movie is about. It don't look too good, cuz. I'm telling you right now, it just don't look too good, man. So, I, I, I say it out to say, the Nets have been, I believe, I think they only got two wins this season. They're just, they're a god-awful basketball team. This team has not been put together. And the luckiest person right now has got to be Steve Nash because he got fired today. Or let go. Whatever you want to say, he got let go. And it's gotten to the point where the I feel like the NBA really needs to take a hard look of what Josiah, the, the owner of the Brooklyn Nets, is doing because this team, the inmates are legitimately running the assignment, asylum. 
there's no way you can tell me that number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets should have this much power. Like, there should be no reason why he's just running around here willy-nilly and just popping off at the mouth saying whatever the hell he wants to say. It's just it's just impossible. And I say that to say all this, that all of those things that I've talked about, I have not been able to, I have not been able to say, man, I want to watch basketball. Like, this has probably been the, this is probably, and basketball is my favorite sport over football. I am so far removed from basketball this season so far where I just, there's too many off the court incidents. There's too many storylines that are involving off, not basketball related, whether that's in misconduct with females, um, you, with, with teammates fighting each other, people out here posting crazy movies and things like that. Everything that is involved in the NBA has been everything but basketball, the actual, actual play of basketball. You got Kawhi Leonard, the godfather of load management, all of a sudden now talking about he can't play. When the hell are we going to start talking about some actual basketball? When are we going to talk about some actual basketball? Because everything that I'm selling right now, it ain't got nothing to do with basketball. And I put that a lot on number 11 of the Brooklyn Nets. Bro, you you damn near about to be playing yourself at the league. So my thing is, the Brooklyn Nets need to waive him. Like They just need to either do a buyout, buy him out of his last year's contract. I know he's earning like $37 million. Come up with a number that y'all can come with because, what is it, 9 of the 30 teams in the NBA? Nine of those owners are a majority Jewish people. You are in New York City, Brooklyn, that has one of the biggest Jewish um, culture, you know, one of the biggest Jewish po- pop, uh, populations. Miami has another huge Jewish population. L.A., I'm assuming, I think Chicago and then the Bay Area. You can't go to one of these big market teams talk, popping off at the mouth with all this anti-Semitic stuff that you're talking about, bro. You can't. Um and a lot of stuff that you are talking about is causing a lot of pain to people. And if I'm not mistaken, let's just say the Miami Heat, the owners of the Miami Heat, their grandparents were Holocaust survivors, if I'm not mistaken. The, the Rooney, Rooney family, they're Holocaust family survivors. Like, what are you talking about, my guy? So I say this to say the NBA really needs to take a hard look about how they want to move about this whole Brooklyn Nets situation because it's not getting any better. If anything, it's getting worse. Now they're talking about bringing M.A. Udoka. And for whatever reason, whether you think it was consensual or non-consensual, I don't know. But the fact that he got suspended by a team for quote-unquote misappropriate, inappropriate relationships with, with, with female staff members, you're going to bring that dude who's six weeks removed from being suspended? You're going to bring him into a huge market like Brooklyn? Yeah, man, the Brooklyn Nets ain't got no type of shame. They ain't got no class. They don't. They just don't care. Like, they just be on some, it is what it is. It's a vibe, you know what I'm saying? Let people just live. They, they ain't got no type of morals, man. And, and it's really, really disgusting to see that a city as as as, as diverse as, as, as Brooklyn is, is just letting this just happen. I saw there was a whole bunch of um, some some Jewish people that were not going to say Jewish people, but some people about seven people that wore like anti-Semitic um, shirts at the last Brooklyn Nets game. I mean, it, it comes to the point where now you gonna have to start looking sponsors. The sponsors gonna start start pulling the plug if if they don't get it together as far as turning up the heat and saying, "Yo, as long as you got this man on your squad, don't 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 rep us." Because I think that's going to be next in the queue. My man's already lost his shoe deal with Nike, which happened last season because he didn't want to play. And now this is going on. So I'm looking at this corporate sponsorships of the Brooklyn Nets to see, is that going to be the next move for them to say, hey, as long as this dude is employed by your team, we're going to have to we're going to have to take a pause for the cause because we can't have our names. And you guys keep supporting a dude like this. 
I'm going to go out on a limb and say that my man is probably, I mean, he, they need to just sit him down is what I would do. Um, sit down number 11, just, just let him go. Now he's not talking to the medium. He's throwing a, throwing a hissy fit. So I, I think that it's time to seriously consider moving on from him. And I don't know if you trade him. I don't know if you buy him out. I don't know if you sit him down, but this team is not going to be any better. I don't care who you bring in. This team's not built well. You got Joe Harris who's always hurt. You got, um, Seth Curry, who's, a, who's, who's been in and out. You don't have a legitimate big man that can bang with the Joel Embiid's, Giannis Antetokounmpo's, Nikola Jokic's. You don't have a legitimate big man that's going to be able to bang with these guys when it comes down to playoffs. You don't play a lick of defense, and you just don't know how sustainable is Kevin Durant going to be in year 16, who's coming off of an Achilles tear a couple of years removed on the other side of 30. How much can he sustain playing at a high level? We don't know what Ben Simmons and what is it, seven games in, and Ben Simmons is already talking about his knee hurt. That's a red flag, and I'm going to be honest with you. If Ben Simmons don't get it together, he is going to go down as the biggest bust in NBA history. It ain't going to be no more Sam Bowie's. It ain't going to be no more Anthony Bennett's. Uh, I can think of a couple of Andrew Bayani's. Um, and he's going to be the biggest uh, bust very, very soon. He's trending because you can't tell me that two years ago this dude was averaging 16 points, first team on defensive team, a multiple-time All-Star, and you just fizzled out. Like, there's just no way you can convince me to say that. But he's trending to become the biggest bust in the NBA history. There's just there's just no de- denying that. Um, so, yeah, I, I think the Brooklyn Nets, I'm probably at the point where I'm going to be this. That I'm about to put him in the same little box with the Los Angeles Lakers and put him in that same box and they can duke it out. Because I don't think I'm going to be talking about this team no more. Um, I think that they are very, very arrogant. They think that they can just put it together. And also, mind you, this is the same dude that said that they didn't need a basketball coach. So, all right, bro, why don't you take, why don't you put down these um, anti-Semitic videos and start picking up some X's and O's on your tablet and figure out how to coach a basketball team? Because I don't think, I don't think you realize how hard it is to become a coach in the NBA. So, you think you got it, bro? This is your time to prove it because uh, you ain't got no coach right now. So, yeah, that's my quick takes of the NBA. It's just been really, really sad to see that all of your major NBA storylines have been really, really off the court issues that are just so unnecessary. It's so unnecessary. So uh, before we get up out of here, we definitely got to, I want to talk about the um, sports business podcast. Dummy of the day. Like I said, my name is Eric Compton. You listen to the sports business podcast. That's S P R T Z B I Z N E S S. You can find me on Instagram at Monday Compton. You can also find me at the Twitterverse and email the show at gmail.com. So before we get up out of here, I was thinking about this on my flight home yesterday. I was watching some TV and I was actually I was watching TV and then I was also in New Orleans and I was just watching, you know, flipping through the local channel. I like to watch the local news when I'm out of town and it's election season. So I know everybody TV's right now getting blown up with campaign ads. Y'all phones been getting blown up. Y'all doors are out here getting banged on for whatever. And I got to thinking, man. This is a legitimate question. So, you know, email the show and let me know because you got one more week before it's time to hit these polls. If you haven't voted already, make sure you come up with a game plan. Make sure you come up with a backup to the game plan. But what has a, any of these politicians said of what they're going to do for the people? Um, all I see is the Republicans blasting the Democrats and vice versa. You know, you got people that are just saying that they're pro-life, pro-choice. Um, you know, right to, you know, voting rights and this and that. But what has these people actually said? Like, hey, man, I see that this is a huge concern right now in our community. This is what we're going to do. 
I don't think I've seen an ad that comes to anything about what are they going to do for the community. And it's really, really sad that all these commercials are just basically, you're just bashing your opponent. You're bashing your opponent saying that, oh, this person's pro-life or they're just pro-choice. It's just not a good look. It's just really, really grimy and really tasteless because these politicians are trying to get your vote just based off of your party affiliation as opposed to what they're actually going to do. And that's just really pathetic and lazy. And then my next question is, look up the average age of your senator and look up the average age of an American right now. Why is these old tire burglars still in office and they're talking like, bro, you, you outdated, man. And I'm not trying to be awesome. And, you know, you got to be a certain age to to or to get up out of here. But we got to start thinking about term limits for these Senate seats because ain't no way in the world. Joe Biden, who's the president of the United States, is the oldest president. The, like two years ago, Donald J. Trump was the oldest president. And if you look at Joe Biden's records outside of the four years that he took a hiatus, my man has been in, all, in some type of political office for over 50 years. There shouldn't be no reason why you'd still doing this stuff at 50 years later, man. It, you shouldn't. Like, why? What else you got to prove? Like, don't you want to retire? Don't you want to go sit on a golf course? Don't you want to go travel? What are you doing still talking about you're representing the American people? All your people you represent in the damn near AARP are collecting, collecting Social Security. What about the people? What about your, your your people in your 30s and 40s and 50s? Hell, even 60s. What are you doing for those type of people? Because your, your, your philosophies, your policies and things like that are outdated, man. So it's time to really strongly consider, should we start putting term limits on these um, political, uh, these, these Senate seats? I feel like you do. Email the show. Let me know. Um, I feel like it is time to start putting uh, some set, some some limits and restrictions on how long you can sit in office because these dudes be in office and you don't know what the hell they be doing. You can find out, but the amount of work you got to do to find out what they done did is crazy. So I'm just going to say that we need to take a strong look at our candidates. Make sure I do your homework. And I would strongly recommend not to be voting people just because they red or blue. Vote and to, if you can even find what their policy agendas is, the good luck, more power to you because I haven't been able to find it. And it's just really, really frustrating. And I, I, I believe that our, our, I'm not going to say our government, well, our government is really, really responsible for a lot of this mishap. But I would say come up with a plan to vote. But we just really need to take a strong look at how democracy is democracy really democracy right now. And it's really, really interesting to see if you're watching these commercials. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what are we talking about? What are we going to do? So, anyways, that's my two cents. I know this has been more of a somber type of a podcast, but um, sometimes, you know, sometimes we need these type of episodes and we need to keep it a buck because I'm telling you right now, man, the NBA, they got a lot of answering to do. The NFL, there's a lot of mediocrity, whether y'all want to believe it or not. I'm just telling it like it is. It's just not good football. And, and we got some things we got to work on when it comes down to our justice system. So, uh, make sure you register to vote if you haven't been able to do so. Make sure you do come up with a plan to vote. Voting is next Tuesday. Um, we'll run a show back next Monday. But other than that, once again, my name is Eric Compton. You've been listening to the Sports Business Podcast. Um, and we out of here.